Hey everyone, Bicycle Mark with you, aka Mark Fonseca Rendero. It's another edition of Citizen Reporter, and I wanted to just say hello and leave a note before I make the call. Madge Weinstein is on the program today. I'm so thankful that every few months we get to check in with Madge, and that's been true since way back in 2005. If you know Yeast Radio, you'll enjoy this extra. Also, her other shows, Eat This Hot Show, Pod Save the Queens. We will talk about them, and I don't know. Uh, I just wanted to say hello before going into the program, but now it's time. Let's give Madge a call. Boom, boom. Hello. Hi. Oh, hello. Madge. Yeah. Greetings. Good. So, ladies and gentlemen, and all that, uh, what are we at? We're somewhere in 2021. Uh-huh. And, uh, and here we are, Madge. I mean, I think last time we did a podcast was some months ago, and the world looks very the same, different. Who knows? You're yeah. there in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You're on your lunch break. Yeah, it's been a frustrating day because I'm trying to learn this. Well, it's really boring, but there's this software company in in Holland. Is you know, it's a coincidence, really. There's a Dutch company. We're trying to use this software to replace another software, and the Dutch software is cheaper, but it's also garbage. (laughs) And I'm like. And my boss is like, you have to make this work by Thursday because we need to make the other software company reduce their price. So we have to know. And I'm like, but it doesn't. And it's like, here's a tutorial on how to make this app from scratch. And it's just like, there's no like, there's nothing instructional about the tutorial. It's like. First, we have data models, and a data model is a group of uh, entities, and then you connect them with lines, and then you have one-to-many relationships. It's like straight into the weeds without any consideration for the fact that the viewer might not, not know what the fuck you're talking about, and I've just had it. I've had it with work. I'm ready to retire, but I can't afford it. That's the global problem. The Also, mm. the American story. The new American story, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I never fucking retire ever because, because, you know, but, but worship fame and worship, worship the ruling class, always worship the ruling class because then they can keep their place. You know, we were, me and my, uh, my spouse were watching old, um, yes, spouses. We were watching old Disney films this weekend. I don't know why we we thought it'd be light so we watched um, Sleeping Beauty and then we started to watch Snow White and I realized you know after we covered you know because we've been doing this show about the crown also oh, yes. the TV, yeah. horrible show but for yeah. some reason I got yeah. roped into doing it I enjoy I, it about that show and you know I, I don't know if you remember there was one episode where they where um, Queen Elizabeth gets her coronated and, and they mm-hmm. have a narration by the Duke of Windsor who they use his actual writings to describe things, which is the only good writing in the show because you know, those, he was actually really a, a good writer. And so he described the way he describes the coronation. He describes her as, you know, a goddess, a living goddess. And that's what, that's what the Royal family really is. That's what the queen is. She's just a living goddess that teaches the peasants to, revere the ruling class and to idolize the ruling class and see them as a goddess so that 
they will be untouchable so that you will appreciate them for what they are instead of just seeing them as a bunch of crooks that steal your money and are yeah. racist. Yeah. Yours revere them. And I just see that. And Snow White is the same fucking thing. Cinderella. It's like this bitch, Snow White, right? I mean, or, yeah, Snow White, this fucking bitch. She what she like she's like, oh, this this queen is like, oh, I'm gonna fuck with you. You better run away to the woods. She runs away to the woods with like twenty thousand rats and different chipmunks and shit. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and they and they go into, you know, this she finds this nasty old house which belongs to the dwarfs, of course. Mm-hmm. And and then she's like, the first thing she does is she just tells all these rodents to clean the house for her while she stands <laughs> there and, and it's just white. Oh, I'll sweep. And she says, oh, I'll sweep. They're doing the dishes. They're sweeping. They're cleaning. They're putting shit away. She's standing there with a goddamn broom. She doesn't even bro- She doesn't move the broom once. No. She's like, oh, I'm, oh, yes, you clean that. You clean that. You clean- I'm just going to be pretty and take a nap on three beds. What and, the fuck is that shit? And they love her or it's implied that they love her, but why exactly because she's white oh that's why yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just brainwashing and then i'm thinking i'm of course my my issue with this is like we're canceling everything when are we going to cancel the you know the real thing to cancel is fucking everything it's white supremacy the whole it's the foundation of all literature and mm-hmm. every form of entertainment is white supremacy so just fucking erase everything and while you're at it just take away adjectives because that's where all we're headed. We're all headed anyway. There's just adjectives are going to be illegal. You're not going to be able to describe anything because it's all fucking racist. I think you can only so. use positive ones. You can only use positive <laughs> oh adjectives. God. You're amazing. That's fantastic. You're wonderful. OMG. Yeah. That's allowed. But they'll find wrong. But then toxic positivity will be banned in you know ten years anyway, and then we'll have to erase all that shit. Well, I'm excited so, I mean, about that. <laughs> toxic positivity yeah. is. It also just confuses me what's considered amazing on on chats uh, with either friends or colleagues. Everything's amazing. And I'm like, I can't tell anymore what's amazing because well, everything is amazing. Pretty much whatever isn't awesome is amazing. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of things that we are watching and especially from the past, um, I've gotten into the West Wing. I never watched it back then. I mean, I saw like one or two episodes. I knew more or less who the characters are. It's really odd to watch. Um, You you know, you get addicted as you would to any, I think, decently written show where you like the characters, you want to see what they're going to do, what's going to happen. But as a like image or uh, as a version of maybe the ideal version of what the American government is, it's still really weird. Like it's still this, I mean, it's very influenced, I guess, by the Clinton administration, I I, I suppose. And Mm -hmm. um, everything is... What is the public going to think? Will people be okay? Yeah. They're like phone banking actively. And we know that that's, you know, something that the Clintons yeah. did. Well, Clinton pioneered that, the whole yeah. focus grouping shit. Yeah. But so on the one hand, like you could say, wow, you know, look at this though. It's a government that really cares what it does, like in terms of how it impacts people. Um, mm-hmm. on, on the other hand, is it is this just a real like kind of bullshit disservice this is not really what the american government is no matter who's president never mind you know if it was clinton or or trump in this recent case um that this actually gives us a false image um that we start to buy into like oh this is what we could be this is what we're trying to get back to you know the biden administration could be like bartlett 
and his trusted cabinet is like all these people are, who are always yelling at each other because Alan, Aaron Sorkin has to have everyone yelling at each other all the time. Um, well, there's a funny thing. I, I can't if it was at SNL or somebody was making fun of those. I think it was SNL was making fun of those Aaron Sorkin movies. And it's all basically all his characters are basically the same person. You know what I mean? Like yes. in, in terms of the way they, they all speak in these very complicated sentences yes. and it's, you know, no matter who it is, it's, he, he seems incapable of creating characters. It's just all the same person in different, yes. you know, yeah, uh, there, there the could be a 10 year old and the 10 year old is going to yeah. quote from the Bible and refer to high literate, um, very fancy books and his, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've I've enjoyed most of his stuff. I watch it, but it's nothing. But then I, I always, it's kind of like watching Drag Race. Like I always feel ashamed. I want to like. Hurt <laughs> yeah. Well, I find you know I was a um, I was a Gilmore guy. I watched a lot of Gilmore Girls, and you know that was just Amy Sherman Palladino, people yelling at each other a lot and and getting excited about anything. And I just find the West Wing is basically the Gilmore Girls in the White House. Um, not, not that much difference in terms of the dynamic between people, right. between the Never level of constant references. And like you said, same person over and over. Yeah. But Gilmore Girls, it wasn't Aaron Sorkin. No, no, it's Amy Sherman Palladino. <laughs> but I find Isn't that. that did, um, Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. I never saw Gilmore Girls. Missed yeah. that. The funnest thing about Miss Maisel, or one of the fun things for me, was to be able to see uh, all the people from Gilmore Girls that she found a way to shoehorn in there. Ah, oh, yeah, nice. people who were kids now playing adults, for example, I and mean, mostly that's what it is. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, my, Maisel was great. Although I think what did they do? Two seasons? I, I know I sort of lost interest after a while. Something about yeah, I got a, lost interest at the Catskills with yeah. With with Shazam on the boat, I just went, I just, I don't wow, know. Wow, right. Yeah. Shazam. Yeah. Yeah. It lost some of its, it was exciting to have these references to like historical figures. I like, certainly like the sort of fictionalized history or just mostly fictionalized with some right. actual humans. Uh, so well, Lenny Bruce, like, the, yeah. Of comedy. I have all those albums. So I love to like yeah. try and figure out what, what, you know, where they're getting the references from. It's really fun. I don't know what they have to say. It makes no difference anyway. Whatever it is, I'm against it. No matter what it is or who commenced it, I'm against it. Your proposition may be good, but let's have one thing understood. Whatever it is, I'm against it. And even when you've changed it or condensed it, I'm against it. I'm opposed to it. On general principles, I'm opposed to yeah, it. you are really good with the with the albums. But by, by the way, I uh, I finally got an audio book based on your recommendations, probably from last year even. Uh, but I got the Woody Allen. Um, I know I'm not allowed uh -huh. to say that, but I did. I got the Woody Allen audio book uh, autobiography. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, it's a good book. I I I didn't watch the um, I haven't watched the HBO doc yet. And I, of course, I will because I want to be fair in my opinions. But um, I don't know the story about that. What is it? It's a documentary that's basically, you know, it's it's from what I understand, it's very um, damning towards him. It makes him look terrible. Okay. But I also understand that he didn't. They didn't interview. They only interviewed people basically who on one side of the story. They didn't interview Woody or Sunyi or the son. I forget this. Ronan. The other son. 
Oh, no, the son. Mm-hmm. I forget his name, but he's there's another son who was also adopted with Sunyi who doesn't agree with the narr- the Mia Farrow narrative. Oh. Um, written articles about it too. So there's there's two sides, and from what I understand, they're only presenting one, but. But I also understand that that one side is pretty damning, kind of like the Michael Jackson things. But I don't know. I don't want to because, like, I really like his movies. And I, I, I didn't argue, but I had a discussion with a friend, and you know, who's a big Woody Allen fan. And I said, oh, yeah, I just watched Manhattan last night. She said, I don't need to see those movies again. And I said, why? You don't. I said, I like to see movies that I really like later because sometimes I see them differently. She said, so do I. <laughs> but yeah. she wouldn't explain why, you know, like I had to pry it, but you know, because I always s- separate the art from the artist. So um, sure. even if he's an asshole, I'm still going to like his movies. And yeah. I guess you can make an argument. Well, I don't want to give him money while he's alive. I-, I don't know if that's what it is or not, but I yeah. don't know. I, it's such great art. I mean, I just watched Manhattan last week. It was just oh, yeah. such an amazing work of art. And to just like throw that away because it's of his, of how this person is personally is just so, that's, just, that's sad to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I get stuck. I know this is not what most people resign themselves to. And I'm, I'm a bit wishy-washy in that sense, but I have a lot of moments where I think like, especially when it comes to people I don't know and I haven't spent any time with in my life, not real time, I'm saying, uh, besides consuming some music or movies about from that person. But I just right. constantly have this feeling in my head, like no matter how much I think I know, I, I don't really know this person or everything I know about this person has been sort of mediated or brought to me from someone else. So I'm not saying you can't know the truth. That's sort of an escape or a, an excuse. Right. But I, I just do constantly have this feeling like I know there's more to this and I can't, whatever it is, I can't have it actually. Like we're never going to have course, it. Of course you can't, you don't know that person. You can't know that person. They're not your friend. They're just some famous person. There's, there's not, there's no possible way to know that person really. Even I mean, friends unless I find you can't always know, but yeah, yeah. Everything. But I mean, this is, a famous person, this is a famous personality. I suppose if they've written a lot of, you know, really, you know, telling autobiographies, but there's, it's still, it's not the same as knowing. So why do you have to know somebody to like their art is what is really what I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. I don't need them. I just, if I like their art, that's completely a separate entity from the person. It's, it's to me, it's like the artist is just channeling something from, yeah. from someone. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, those, those, those shots in Manhattan are so fantastic. His, his the cinematography that you know the dialogue is just also beautiful it tells such a story that it's it's beyond one person it's beyond him yeah it's not about him it's something he created that's just amazing and it to me it has nothing to do with him his mm. personal yeah I, it's, Wait, it's, here i'll bring there. i'll bring you a uh, an example, and maybe for you this will be clear right away, but for me it's also been a foggy experience. Um, I like sports. I mean, I found the last few years especially, I just, I I like to, someone who's really good at something that is very difficult gets my attention. So, okay. you know, even physical feats, I'm like, wow, you know, I, I can I can certainly be entertained and be captivated. So, I like baseball. It's a very slow sport. Uh, I'm fascinated with what happens over time. Okay. Uh, I watch, having grown up in New Jersey, I watch the Yankees or I, or I listen to the Yankees on the radio because I love the audio experience. Um, same voice since I was a kid, which I love. And um, there's this guy who throws for, he's a pitcher for uh, the Yankees. Um, he, he, 
he was never a super famous person, but he he became a good pitcher two or three years ago. He had one good maybe one good year. And then at the end of that year, just as he was like his star was rising, they suspended him and they said, they make these official announcements, under the domestic abuse policy, he's suspended from the game and we need to review what's going to happen. So you only get official statements, right? Like domestic mm-hmm. abuse. Okay. Now in my mind, that could either mean you physically or, or even mentally abused your partner or your child. That's the domestic part. Um, and then of course the abuse part. So now like I'm thinking, oh, I was a fan of this guy cause he was kind of a nobody. And I always enjoyed that a nobody was succeeding. He didn't make a lot of money or, you know, relatively. Um, but now I'm hearing that, although I don't know what happened, but he, he's in trouble for domestic abuse. And suddenly I'm thinking, oh, you know, I, I've been cheering for this person. Um, but this person in their non, you know, performance life potentially is, is harming someone, you know, is, is physically abusing someone. And this is very confusing. You know, do, do I still, what, was I wrong in cheering for this person before? I mean, that's impossible to know, but, um, am I wrong if I still, so now he's back. It's been a year. Sorry to jump, but How could you possibly be wrong to cheer for somebody? Well, you didn't even, I mean, there's one thing to cheer for him after you knew he, he was abusive, which I'm not even right. going to say. So that was silly. Not. Never mind that. Yeah. 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 So the past is the past, right? But now he comes back to baseball. He's served whatever time, at least the league, and we all know the league loves to make money and the priorities are not necessarily the well-being of the family, although they claim to, of course, and try to in some way. So now he's back to pitching and I'm watching him throw this ball and he's still amazing at it and he might even be good this year. But I now know something. I don't really know what happened. I don't know his life. I know he you know, grew up in uh, the Dominican Republic, for example, but I know almost nothing. All I know is what I watch when he stands in an arena, you know, and throws a ball and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and little bits and pieces about his, you know, his profile as a player. So it's very when strange. You, when you cheer for him, is it, isn't it generally because he did some, I mean, I'm not a sports person, but isn't it generally because he did something good in the, in that sport? Yes. That watching right oh yeah. So it's the way he so does what, it too. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that have to do with what he does when he's not playing? I mean, you're not clapping for that. You're not booing for that. That's not what you're observing. And that's right. That's true. That's true. But now so I know right now I know something about him. Uh, is the person separate from the action whether it's, you know, uh, throwing a ball or, or, I don't know, maybe filming a film. I, I agree with you. What you said earlier is that I can separate the art from yeah. the from the person. Um, but, you know, you live in a world where what other people are doing also has some influence. And it's, it's just right. hard to cheer for the guy. Like I understand that. But at the same time, and, and that's, you know, the, the argument about the artist and the artist, art and the artist, I don't know how, that it holds up with, with this example. But Fair enough. The other part of it is this idea that, you know, you're either perfect or you're, you know, evil. Yeah. You know, and like I watch these TV shows like The View is great for this because they all lecture <laughs> everyone. Like they're all the judges of, you know, right and wrong. Like they are the high priest. And whenever I see people that are so like, like know exactly what, what the right thing, you know, you, this person's wrong. They shouldn't have done this. They're not right. This is wrong. Dr. Seuss is wrong, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they know everything about right and wrong, which tells me from what I've observed, like particularly with the Catholic church means they're probably hypocrites and they're probably awful people 
in their mm-hmm. in their life. Yeah, you know, we're humans and we make a fucking ton of mistakes, and that's how we evolve. Yeah. And this whole idea of perfection versus evil and and uh, the inability to to be you know to be worth to be capable of redemption yeah is ridiculous unrealistic hypocritical and fucking horrible yeah it's it's a denial of humanity it's a cartoon landscape and it's all comes from this place where like people want to be popular on twitter in or you know it's it's that yeah. That currency of Twitter, that currency of fame, people find things to be offended about and outraged about in order to increase their their social media currency, and yeah. that's all this fucking bullshit is. Yeah, people are we're humans are are imperfect, yeah. and we should respect, we should appreciate that. Yes, yeah, and and the other thing uh, for those cases where you know, imagine you're someone who who committed a crime, whatever whatever it may be, and you've served your time, and you you come out. In this case. Let me go back to my picture real quick. You know, he served some kind of a sentence and I don't know what's going on in his personal life, right? But I, yeah. you know, he makes a few statements. He doesn't um, communicate very well. He has people helping him. But he says, basically, you know, I'm I'm seeking help for, for what happened. And again, I only have breadcrumbs, but I like the idea that even if a man has committed such a terrible act as domestic violence, that he could actually go to therapy and see what was wrong he could he could sort of you know the expression of what is it pay your um uh, yeah to, well no to to society right um and then he could actually be reformed he could come out and he'd be like yes i i did that and i am ashamed but now i see the difference and i'm i'm okay and actually i want to be you know if i could outspoken about this stuff so i also like the idea of him being able if what i understand happened happened being able to reform and and come back as a better person um if you're allowed to do that i think that's a great thing but as we know like you just pointed out a lot of times in our societies our countries or one country now basically um you're not really allowed to do that or you're not allowed to do that for an undetermined amount of time that yes social media decides or someone else decides you know when it's okay to sort of sneak back into doing whatever it is that you do professionally artistically athletically i don't know you know there was a lot there was something i put on my instagram I, when i was watching manhattan not to obsess on that one thing but yeah. you know there's a scene where he's recording you know the his character is recording you know an audio journal or something on a real to real recorder and he says he thinks the reason people are people create are so neurotic in Manhattan, he was talking about, but I think it applies to maybe more than that, is, you know, people are so neurotic and so obsessed with their little personal neuroses because they are afraid to look at the big things in life, like the fact that the universe is meaningless, we're all going to die. And I think, like, that's true here, too. Like, we obsess on all this perfection and saying the right thing and play, paying lip service to racial and social justice issues when... We're not really considering, most people don't give a fuck about foreign policy. I mean, these parties that we have that represent us in Washington, they all have, they're all the same when it comes to foreign policy. It's just like we use our hegemony with our defense budget to, to keep our dollar, you know, worth something. We Mm -hmm. just have all, we have the ability to blow the fuck out of anyone. And that's how we have economic worth.
And, you know, like I, uh, I was trying to get, you know, did you hear about these beheadings in, in Mozambique where they were beheading yes. children last week? I actually, a show, my Eat This Hot show ended over this topic. I mean, we're done. Really? Because, oh. because we got over this very topic. Huh. Because I'll tell you what happened. Because the, the thing is, you know, we, we, we've been doing Eat This Hot show off and on, mostly off for 15 years, starting in 2005. <laughs> And um, so the latest iteration is myself, Wanda, not Wanda, I wish, Reagan Fox and um, Deborah, Church of Deborah. She yeah. was the new new one. And so Ray, Reagan has very high quality standards. I always loved his production and he's a professor and he's very intelligent, great ideas, publishes books. So he, he said, well, let's do it again, but let's try to increase production values. And we were on kind of a break with Pod Save the Queens. Mm-hmm. And we he, he edited that. He added a lot of his production values. Yeah. He's very good at that. Yeah. But we can't edit it in that way for Ethan because it's too time sensitive. It has to be done real time. Yeah. So his idea was let's, you know, we used to just do it off the cuff. No show prep at all. We just come to the table with a few topics and we just shoot the shit. That's how it used to be. No stress. Right. And people really enjoyed the show. Yeah. yeah. But it always ended because we had drama, which I always forget about for the next drama. But so... <laughs> So we had, um, so, so he said, so we agreed to sort of, you know, first we were going to do deep dives, kind of like where two, one of us hosts the show and then the, and does hot topics. And the other two, were going to do deep dives where we investigate a topic, kind of like what they do on, um, I would say kind of like, what not as dramatic or not as deep, but like what Anna Kasparian and Nando do on Jacob and on the weekends show where they go, they take a topic like minimum wage, go way deep into it. So we wouldn't do that, but we were going to do deep, semi-deep dives, like where we more than just a topic where we have research, we have a couple of clips, just to add some production value. And I didn't really, I wasn't really into it because I'm lazy, but I'm like, okay, I agreed to it because I, I trust Reagan. He wants to make the show better. And then Debbie was like, oh, you know, this is too much for me. I'm stressed. I don't. I'm not as into the the academic side of things as you are. So can we? Stay? So we decided, okay, well, we'll we'll just we'll keep pitching topics. We'll try to add production value. So anyway, so that's that's the background. And then so last week we you know we get together because Reagan found this guy. So the well let me back up. So we had a, a topic, we had two episodes and there's three white people on the show, you know. Yeah. And some topics came up that were related to race and Reagan was of the mind like let's hold off on the race race topics until we can have a person of color on the show, preferably a queer person of color to add, you know, because it's so especially now it's so annoying to have three white people discuss issues of race it's kind of lame okay so i'm like okay so he found this guy marcellus who i guess was a, a contestant like reagan was on big brother at some oh. point like, mm-hmm. black and um queer i okay. think okay. and so he arranged he was supposed to be on the show last wednesday or last thursday so on tuesday reagan's like let's let's pitch topics right so <laughs> what that meant is already we had two topics i guess uh, one of them was racism and they kind of Academy Awards, and the other one was um, Sharon Osbourne and Pierce Morgan about the royal family or something like that. Oh, okay. So Reagan <laughs> said, we need another topic, but it really shouldn't be a racial topic because we already have two racial topics, and I don't want you know, Marcellus to feel tokenized. And then I said, well, I'd like to discuss the beheadings in Mozambique. Hmm. And, Reagan, and Reagan said, I don't know how to put this, but that's a racial topic. And I said, what do you mean it's a racial topic? And he said, because... I said it's a human rights issue. I don't I don't understand what it has to do with race. He says because it's in Africa. And I mm-hmm. said, "Okay. 
but it's not nothing to do with race. It's a human rights. I don't even know the race of these people. And as like an American, I don't even, I, I knew it was Mozambique. I don't even, I knew it's in Africa. I don't know where the fuck it is. Hmm. I'm thinking it's, and you know, I heard it be, I was introduced to the topic that day by a BBC report where they were talking about it. There's no images and they just said, you know, Islamic fundamentalists. So me and <laughs> my stereotype goes straight to like, you know, beige Arabs, you know, Arabs, right? Mm. That's what I'm yeah. Reagan said, oh, no, no, it's like, these are, these are black people. This is black. And if we bring up this topic, then uh, Marcellus is going to feel tokenized because we're talking about race topics, at which point Oof. the whole thing fell apart. And, um, you know, it yeah. basically the show ended over it, you know, because like, I, I, I mean, the main issue for me is just like, I don't want to be censored on my own show. I mean, this is something I'm always fighting. And I don't like the idea. So, but finally I agreed. I said, okay, Reagan, well, I'll, I'll let you have it this week. You put, you pick this guest. You want to deal with it your way. I disagree with you, but you know, who knows, whatever, maybe you're right. I don't know, but you can, we'll do it your way. But starting next week, I want to go back to the old format where we don't pitch shows and nobody can kick each other off. But he had already said, this is a deal breaker for him and it ended. Wow. So, oh. yeah. And just like, I'm so frustrated because like, this is just one example of so many friendships that have gone this way lately in the past, like since Trump, really just like, yeah. I don't, I don't understand what's happening, you know, and it used to be, everybody was, the Democrats were all on my side. We were like-minded. We differ about things, but it's like, now I feel so isolated mm. because every, so many people are in this politically correct mindset and, you know, and, and Reagan has a list of rules cause he's an academic, he's an academic. He has, sure. he's a professor. He yeah. teaches critical race theory. All of these rules are absolute rules to him, like with this tokenization, you know, and I'm just like, no, this is, and I, you know, my point is, look, I don't know, maybe this is critical race theory wrong, whatever, but my point is there is a woman she was hiding with her other two children, watching her son get beheaded. And I want to talk about it. I want people to be aware of it. And I don't give a fuck who's tokenized because that's, we're privileged people. Even if yes. we're black or yeah. whatever, yeah. we're fucking privileged. Yeah. And that's bullshit because you're making it about us and our little feelings as Americans and our little race games when there's a fucking child being beheaded. And that's what made me crazy. And that's what made me so deeply offended in so many ways that like, it's like, and, and this is just, uh, to yeah. me, this is just microcosm of what I see going on in the country where it's like, we're so focused on ourselves and our image and our little, and our, and our rules, which I don't even have the rule book. That like, <laughs> yeah. And something's really obvious, like this shit's happening. And then I find out, and, and I don't have proof of this, I'm waiting, but uh, a friend of mine who I do trust who's in the media said that there's actually some indications that, that the CIA support supports that group that does those beheadings which you know isn't too surprising yeah uh, um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean i know i know things about mozambique for various reasons including that it's a it's a portuguese-speaking country and oh, uh, you know to put it in real colonial terms but yeah that's always made me um attracted to information that i could read in a language that i grew up speaking obviously um but also i yeah i could have brought you a mozambican friend who's would have come to explain things but yeah the north has a lot of wealth from um 
from minerals, unfortunately, and uh, where there's things to extract from the earth, there are people uh, trying to take advantage of others, trying to make as much money off of it. And yeah, there's always the CIA somewhere in the puzzle. I, I never um, knew the details of who is involved, honestly. I just, I know that the yeah. regions become very wealthy for some people, and that's spelled big problems for a lot of, <laughs> many more other people. Um, right. But that's, you know, going back to the, the, the larger um, subject here, which, you know, is just what you're able to do and what you're not able to do. And, and I think the hardest yeah. part is also that, you know, anyone who listens to you, in my opinion, um, certainly when I listen to you, I can hear your intention. I can hear your yeah. larger goal. And, yeah. you know, if along the way you misspeak or... I, you know, do something wrong. I, I, that doesn't distract me from your bigger message, your concerns that are very valid to me. Um, but I guess, you know, that's not the case for everybody listening. I don't know. This becomes very hard to, it's so subjective. It's, it's some people, enough people don't agree with you. So please, you know, change or be quiet. And, yeah, it's it's hard. And I, I don't even love like to talk about like cancel culture because, you know, we all know that the right uses that and, you know, that that's a tool to sort of fight against respecting right. people. And obviously that's not your cause and certainly not my cause either. So if you start to argue against it, then you get lumped in with people who right. want to continue all kinds of just horrible treatment of humans. Yeah. You are listening to Citizen Reporter at citizenreporter.org. I get really annoyed when people, and this is almost exclusively in the news, television quackers quacking people, but... When they'll be like, you know, that it's it's almost they imply that only the right. It's like they tribalize everything. Like if you talk about cancel culture, or if you talk about being worried about freedom of speech, then you're obviously a right wing person. You're obviously a Trump supporter. Yeah. It's like no, there's people, and there was a big, you know, I would listen to that five thirty eight podcast that Nate Silver oh, thing, yeah. Yeah. and they talk about statistics. And last week they were talking about, you know, progressives, you know. They're just like breaking up the demographics, the progressives versus the, the liberals versus the hmm. Trump conservatives. And they they just have all these certainties about like who falls into what category. Like <laughs> the people worried about cancel culture are on the right. Yeah. And then everybody on the left, all the far left progressives, they want, you know, they want, you know, social justice and they want to, you know, they're the ones that want to cancel everybody basically is what they're implying. Hmm. And I'm like, no. There's people who don't fit in those categories. Yeah. And maybe I'm a minority. I don't know. But like, it's just like the whole non-binary thing. Like those people are trying to say, look, not everybody fits in the category of gender. Well, I don't fit in a political category. And I want to be, a, I want, and I don't, I think there's a lot of us that don't. Right. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, I could, I, I don't fit into anything. I mean, the, the way that what's happened to, to with neoliberalism gaining so much power is just, I, I less and less belong to that to the Democratic Party. Also, I mean, yeah. I'm still a registered Democrat, but as it's I see what goes on, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, there is a choice. It's it's not an easy choice, but 
you know, you can you can be an abandoned. I mean, yeah, that's a, right. We, we, uh, you can be a what did you call it? An amendment? Independent. Oh, independent. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Audio. Um, yeah, you could be an independent. I, I was a, gr- a, a green voter for, yeah. I don't know, two yeah. elections in the late 90s, early 2000s. I, I brought you uh, uh, George W. Bush, they say. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's your fault. <laughs> That's my fault. Uh, and uh, and I'm proud of it, I guess. Um, but yeah, we just had an election. I know you, you love um, the Netherlands and its intricacies uh-huh. or whatever that is and we just had an election there are gazillion parties and um and they all kind of found their way to a seat or or 20 and Uh there were a bunch of new um left so-called left parties um and they're really small but they bring up issues related to climate change but they also bring up issues related to like international cooperation and uh you know, a few ideas that the traditional, so-called traditional left parties don't address in their opinion enough. So then it became this question, like you hear in the US, do you vote for a small, new, progressive party, which might only get two seats and not have influence, because at least you do get seats here, right? Um, Or do you vote for the larger center-left, center-center, that speaks a little bit left this year, because the candidate is more progressive than the past? Um, or do you straight up vote liberal, which is, you know, center right here? Um, and so there, yeah, I saw these debates going on, like, just like the U.S. actually, except that the U.S. has the two-party system. But still, there's this question of, like, do I want to be represented? Sorry, do I want to be represented? Or do yeah. I want to win and govern? You know, do I want to be part of the governing coalition? At least here there's a coalition. But still, it's just weird. Like, um, there's this question, like, are you actually heard if the ideas you have don't have power. Um, and, and, and what you've brought up is, is even bigger than that, which is like, look, I don't fit into the existing options. Stop trying to put me yeah. in there. Um, stop thinking that it's wrong to be complex. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. For me, it's like, I will, you know, I'd rather belong to the consensus party but i need to get something out of it like i need a concession like for me i need something from biden or i'm not going to vote for a neoliberal again right is one thousand whatever hundred dollars not enough (laughs) i mean that's that's a whole other issue because (laughs) there's the other side of that which is that money is is going to be have you know it causes a lot of issues economically yeah sure but I need Medicare for all. I need Green New Deal. Yeah. And I mean, those are my big ones. I think education, they need to, um, I need minimum wage, the $15 minimum wage. You know, these are the important progressive policies. For me, the most important one is Medicare for all, especially now. Yes. And like, that's like, if I'm going to be a member of the consensus party, I have to get something. I can't get nothing. Yeah. I mean, not just, don't just spend $2 trillion give 300 billion of it to people and the rest goes to corporations that's not enough no. and none of that and all of that is short term and garbagey yeah. you know that's just makes me feel yucky that makes me feel real dirty inside you know yeah. like but medicare for all that what what really disappointed me lately is um the way that they all gave up on the minimum wage and sure. the squad which is really they're the ones that represent supposed to be representing me i guess mm-hmm. you know because they have there's 10 of them now and they could oh. have said, no, we're not going to vote for this bill unless you put the minimum wage in. They could have used that. 
yeah. because they're not going to be able to, from what I understand with budget reconciliation, they're not going to be able to try that again until the end of the year. And then they won't have this big, you know, COVID bill to include in it. And mm-hmm. because this is a 50, 50 vote, the, you know, they, they could have forced the whole, they could have forced it yeah. because either, either they would have had to pass it with minimum wage or they get nothing if they were, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't hold that ground instead. But Manchin, Joe Manchin, the, that the guy from West Virginia, he oh, yeah. was willing to stand his ground, you know? And of course the, the, under, my, my whole conspiracy theory that I've talked about on my own shows is basically that I believe the Democrats don't want, for example, they don't want progressive policies. They pretend to yes. in the same way the, the, the GOP pretends that they want abortion to be illegal when really they don't care. <laughs> it's just used as a carrot to get the electorate. Yep. to vote for because really the, the republicans care about their their donors and democrats care about their donors yep. and and the Repu- a lot of the democrats donors are insurance companies they don't want medicare at all right. they and they the corporations certainly don't want a 15 dollar minimum wage so what happens so basically we have we have corporate socialism so we the the government gave all this short term fix money to people and it's all being paid for by the government. If we had a minimum wage, it would have been paid by corporations would mm-hmm. be subsidizing all of this. Instead, once again, taxpayers are subsidizing this. We're going to get deeper in the hole. The minimum wage made so much sense and it belonged in the COVID bill. It was directly tied to it because people, you know, are getting paid more you with the unemployment insurance. They're getting more money than they're getting paid with their salary. So of course they're going to stay in unemployment and Republicans would say, oh, well, that means you're, you know, you're, you're you're paying too much in unemployment. That's not the point. The point is they're getting starvation wages. It's ridiculous that anybody would get paid less than unemployment pays. <laughs> I mean, and most states, well, some states don't allow it, right? I mean, your your state where you live, right. I think, has a much higher I, wage because you know. can't wait for the federal government because they're so well. They are what they are. But so, this, it's corporate socialism. It's like we will give the corporations money because they're the ones donating to us, hmm. and then we're just going to like and give the the corporations a free right and it's just where's the reporting on that and then the the squad doesn't do shit you've got my, and my point is that the whole joe mansion versus the squad it's all theatrics the the dnc doesn't want it they don't want the minimum wage they don't want it because the donors don't want it they don't want medicare for all because the donors don't want it. so we're playing games and i'm not going to vote for that kind of a candidate again if i don't get something significant do you think yeah, I'm kind of wondering. Yeah, in two years, what 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 happens? It just seems so um, like a slow, foregone conclusion that uh, well, you just barely won, or well, at least this government uh, got managed to win this year or this past right. year, and that in two years it's just going to go back the other way because people are going to be like, oh, the Democrats haven't been so great, and the louder Republicans are going to step up. I, I just, yeah, the, the, it's strange, but watching Biden from far away and watching the current Congress from far away, even though you'd think having a Senate, I mean, basically a, a majority, at least, you know, with a tiebreaker would be handy. Um, it won't last because people will look at it as meh, wasn't that great. Um, or enough people will be annoyed and then they'll just vote them out. Um, and, and this was, this is just like a placeholder. It's very strange, but I look at sometimes the Biden administration for the four years and and the current, even the current Congress for the next two years as very much like a, just a brief pause before more, even more, uh, so-called neoliberalism or, or, or conservatism in general. 
Yeah, and you know what else really bothers me? It's just like I see so many people who used to be, yeah, the people that hate Trump basically, and then the, now they're. It's almost like they're the way they treat Biden. It's almost like in 1984 with such reverence <laughs> for Biden. You know, where they won't even question, like, everything he does is wonderful. Oh, yay, another day without Trump. Oh, isn't Biden great? And the way they defend, like, the, the fact that children are still in cages today. Sure. And, you know, and they're just, they'll just do all these mental gymnastics to defend that and defend Biden. Like, no, it's you're supposed to, you are always supposed to challenge who's ever in power. You know, yeah. and they all yeah. said to me, like, my cousin said to me, oh, you know, I, I was bitching about, you know, I was bitching about Medicare for all and Biden forever saying he wouldn't get elected without being in favor of Medicare for all, which I was wrong about, unfortunately, but well, no, not really. Unfortunately. I know what you mean. But so, so my cousin would say like, and people like her would say, you know, you can't do that. Wait till he's elected. And then we're going to force him to support Medicare for all. Right. So then now he's elected and I write posts on Facebook, criticizing him nonstop. She says, oh no, you can't do that. You can't criticize him because then we'll lose in 2022. Yeah. yeah. And in the end, it's said, never the time. It's never the time. Yeah. When do I get? But you should always criticize power. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I don't care what party it is. And there's plenty to criticize. Yeah. That's how you make yeah. them better. You, it's like if you just revere and stand them is what the kids say. If you stand, you don't stand politicians. They're, they don't deserve fans. Mm -hmm. Even AOC mm -hmm. doesn't deserve a single fan. Yeah. These are people yeah. that are to be held accountable. You treat them the way they deserve to be treated, which is like shit. <laughs> treat them like shit because that's what they deserve to keep yeah. them on their toes that's what you have to do with politicians yeah you don't you don't stand them and reward them for their fucking bullshit because they're always going to be tempted yeah. with evil shit from all these everybody wants their power on their side and it's a capitalist society so everybody's going to be throwing money at them and the only way to fight that is you by fighting them with 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 vitriol i think there's also this thing though the other extreme right i'm watching it here where you you take a leader who's in charge for example during a crisis like a pandemic and mm. because you don't like the pandemic obviously there's plenty of things not to like oh, I love it. Right. <laughs> and and because you also many enough people don't believe in either the regulations or the existence of the pandemic maybe um they they choose to blame everything on the current government on the current leader and th this becomes not just a being critical about your leaders but it becomes a it's all the fault of this you know the powers that be this is also how you start to slip into i think um qanon type theories where right. now the elites and there we go. We use the word elites and we say the elites live in their own world and in their own world, they do completely different things that you would never hear about. And it's just, you, you fall down this no, other, that, other hill. That's a, fair, that's a fair point because you do, you can't, you have to be honest in your criticism at the same time. You can't just like, you know, in the same way, like, I don't want, I, I don't want to, you know, support Biden all the time because that's dishonest. It's also dishonest to just blame him for everything at the same time. You know, yeah, I think no. it was the same thing for Trump because yeah. Trump was horrible in so many ways. But, you know, he did do a couple things, which sure, forget what. Well, I think some of his questions about how trade is structured were actually right. decent questions. They were just asked and, well, and, and then carried right. out and resulting in weird crap. And you do have to give him some credit for the whole Operation Warp Speed or whatever it's called with the vaccines. I mean, I, I think he deserves some credit for that. I don't have a problem with giving him credit for that. And plus, I think it's healthy to give him credit for that because maybe it'll give his supporters some reason to to 
approve of getting vaccinated themselves. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you have to be honest in your criticism, I think. And sometimes even a horrible person can do the right thing by accident, I guess. Sure, broken clock and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, and, and that kind of goes back to this idea of people are complex. Even asshole governments are complex. Um, and it doesn't mean you walk away from the complexity and you say, well, now it's our guy, so it's okay. Right. It's all okay. But it, it, it also doesn't mean that you you engage in such a way that every possible bad thing, every conspiracy, it's all them. It's because of yeah. them. If we get rid of them, everything will be better. And, well, and at uh, some point, them is us, too. It's not. That's the me. funny part, too. Yeah. yeah. yeah but that's the thing also about podcasting today, right? Like. Uh, we still act like, or, you know, celebrities or whoever it is will act like, oh, we just, you know, got together, sat at a table, put some microphones out and we just talk normal. And, and people will say like, oh, I really like that, um, that Obama Springsteen podcast. Cause they're just talking ah. like regular people. Now I know that both Obama and Springsteen, they are th- like, when they talk about regular life, they are very good at it. Like, like I like yeah. listening to it, but the idea that they just kind of showed up and they're all, it's all completely off the cuff. Eh. And they, you know, they're just two people that started recording themselves in a room. I, right. I find that so. It's just, it's very fake. Um, they should just be honest. Like, and we have a bunch of producers, and we like to pretend it's a regular conversation. But obviously, there's, it's a conversation. Take Doesn't it for what All these podcasts, like I love Mantaibi's podcast. I do listen to it. Yeah, yeah. But it drives me crazy when they give orders to their like seventeen-year-old yeah. production. <laughs> I applied to be his 17-year-old. <laughs> oh, you didn't get it? No, not even Number a winning. letter back. Nothing. Wanted things. Katie was asking for video editors not long ago. Uh, but, you know, it's like, Dan, play that clip. Like, you're a podcaster. Play it your damn self. Yes, yes, yeah. No, I, I, and it's not that hard. I could teach you how, but, you know, I guess they don't want to know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's very odd, you know, because everybody's excited about podcasting. That should be a good thing, right? Like, we used to have to explain all this shit to everyone. No one understood what we were doing. It was a lonely well, feeling, at least I thought back then. Now all the drag queens are doing it, and I keep saying, because they can't perform, and that's their livelihood. Most drag queens perform in real life. Yeah. And COVID has killed their careers. And my whole thing, that this, my little slogan that hasn't caught on is basically that podcasting is Uber for drag queens. You know, it's just... <laughs> It's like, that's how they're going to perform when they can't do anything else. It's, it's like they're, you know what I mean? Like, it's not all that's left, which I find really kind of, I don't want to use the word offensive because that word is just such garbagey, but it's, it bothers me that this is the second choice. It's my first choice. Yes. And they're getting more and they're way more, more popular because they have their, they're already famous. Right. Yeah. So they get like do their second choice. And in five minutes, they're more popular than I've been in 15 years. And I resent yeah. that. I agree. I, I can very much share that feeling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I find the term also gets thrown around so much. I don't even know what it means anymore. Like, um, and I'll give you one small example of uh, podcasting. Um, I got, uh, I help out in the neighborhood with like um, street gardens and, and we even clean the canal, believe it or not. And um uh, very nice people and they wanted to do a nature walk or some friends of friends really want to do a nature walk with audio mm-hmm. and of course they did what you would do nowadays they go maybe we should have a podcast and so thankfully somebody well i don't know if i should be thanking but they said oh i, I think mark does podcasting and i said yeah i do 
Um, and they said, all right, well, let's talk. And that was very nice, actually. But what I understood from talking to them was they wanted a walking tour with sound that you arrive at certain spots and someone tells, explains plants or, or, or something on that corner. And uh, I, like and I, I said like, you know, you, you could have a podcast, but the idea, and I tried to explain it as a subscription and getting a show at some regular interval or downloading it all at once, I guess. But you know, the conclusion became, and they did arrive there too, that we probably don't need a podcast. Actually, what we want to do is audio with a map and, but right. it's just funny how people oh, just yeah. think it must be a podcast because it's got sound. And I'm like, <laughs> no, good question. And I'm glad we can check because it might have been an interesting podcast, but I can tell. And they also, you know, came to that conclusion, like this is not a podcast situation. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. Like it's now so known, but not necessarily what it is. It's just known as a term. It's a buzzword. Yeah. And, and everyone's doing something with it. So everyone else who isn't thinks maybe I should or could if I needed sound for something. Do you have a, do you have people that say this to you? Cause it happens to me not as much as, um, I used to, but they'll say like, Oh, hi, how are you? Are you still doing that podcast? Oof. I can't stand that. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You still have your podcast. You still have your podcast. Yeah. 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 It's like, do you have that fluffy blanket when you, that you had when you were three? Yeah. Yeah. Foo-foo. I get Inky. that. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, so it, it implies like you, you should have quit, but you're so odd that you didn't. Right. <laughs> That's what it implies to me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that really pod- paying attention, but I know that you're kind of into this. You still do that podcast that I don't listen to because if I, if, if it was any good, I'd listen to it since I actually know you. Question yeah. mark. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. I want to end the statement with a question mark. So I'm innocent in all those accusations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a weird, very, very weird time. I, we would have, I don't know. I don't think we would have ever imagined this, you know, like 2005, 2004. Like we hoped that I think people would come and listen and participate. But I, I don't think I saw this coming the way it's going now. And, this, and the sponsors, you were just talking about, Think, thinking about what you're going to say or what you talk about or what you're going to do. And, you know, podcasting like the rest of the internet is so fueled by sponsorship. Right. Um, and, you know, and then the claim is this is freedom. This is talk about anything. And, you know, I know that we have examples where that's there's truth to that, but I, I think there's an element here. Maybe it's not very prevalent now, but you've got sponsors, right? And, I mean, you've had experience match with you know, no one wants to sponsor you because because of what right. you talk about. It's too vulgar or whatever, you know, and, and so there's vulgarity. But then there's also like just don't talk about those topics. Otherwise, we won't sponsor you. And then there's no podcast. I mean, it's ridiculous because like I'll listen to to useful idiots and they'll be talking about all this, you know, highly critical about everything. And then they're like have a commercial for some net suite, some cybersecurity. <laughs> yes. yes. You, you guys don't have to do it that way. You've got a huge audience. Yeah. You can, you should be donation. You shouldn't, because you do, when you have advertisers, you're pulled into that. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, even though you probably wouldn't say anything bad about net suite, the point is you can't. So that yeah. means your sense. Yeah. Anything goes except, you know, it's like, the, oh, anything goes, anything is, can be criticized, but not this current name that sponsors us yeah 
No, it's it's weird. I understand, you know, we live in a capitalist society, liberal, neoliberal, and there's going to be sponsorships for for media, but yeah. it's odd how like that is the backbone of so many of the the whole podcasting ecosystem. Um there is this other side, like you said, you could have listener support. We know that there are like subscription services that we use perhaps for for hosting or for publishing. So there is a side of it where people just pay for what they like to use or listen to but there's still this huge percentage and it's all the same companies too advertising on on podcasts and and then you occasionally you come across a uh, a graphic that'll say like oh investment in by uh pub um in advertising has gone up in podcasting so and so percent you know that's where you need to be and it's like i don't i don't and the real people making money are the infrastructure people. It's the platforms that are making money on this shit more than anyone. Yeah. There's a few podcasts making money, but it's just, and that hasn't changed. You know, it's the platforms that make the fucking cash in this. Yep. yep. Using people. Yeah. And so there we are. Yeah. I had written down that I wanted to talk to you about the new America since uh, Joe Biden. I think we did that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, there's all these conversations the way we've had about what you can't say, what you can say, but I, I think there's a better point here. It's not just, you know, railing against what's called political correctness. I think yeah. it's asking the honest question of, um, can't I talk about, can't I be involved in the conversation, even if it's about something that is, that has a, a bad side to it, a harmful side to it, like, I, what do you yeah. Mean? Well, you know that that it some things are completely off limits. That some people, if they're artists or whatever they are, that some subjects like we can't um, engage in conversations because we're not qualified. Like we've always been not qualified for a lot of things. <laughs> but like race issues, you think it could be race? Yeah. It, it, I mean, I was just thinking of geopolitics in general. Okay, yeah, sure. on the continent of Africa um, or anywhere. Like just because you're not an a professional analyst i've always uh enjoyed your not just enjoyed it's made me think your assessments about what's going on anywhere in the world as much as you have read and know about it that gets me thinking i understand you're not an expert you always are very upfront about how dumb you are on some things um uh, and dumb in a good way like just admitting what you don't know and hoping people don't condemn you for that right like you know I don't know. I had a teacher in France way, way back in the day. Oh, yeah. I studied in France. And there was a teacher who's from Louisiana, oddly enough, the connection there. And he used mm -hmm. to always start with this very, he must have done it a hundred times in his career. And we were just the hundredth group. And he says, you know, you're all, you come to me on this first day of school and you're all ignorant. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then he's like, don't look at me like I'm offending you. What I mean to say is you don't know. There are subjects you don't know about. You grew up in the U.S. or you grew up somewhere else where we didn't discuss right. certain history, certain events that took place in this part of the world or any. It's okay. Like, we can start from there. Um, yeah. You don't have to leave. You don't have to feel ashamed. Like, if you're ignorant about something, let's, you know, let's talk about it. But what I loved about it is he, he didn't make it seem like you had to be an expert to take the class or to stand in his presence, uh, the, you know, the, as the professor. You could be someone who doesn't know and, and still try or get into it. I mean, that's what I've liked yeah. about podcasting, right? Um, well, and the good thing is about not being popular, not being advertiser supported is you can say whatever the fuck you want. 
because Chan- like I'm so far below the radar. Nothing's. I can say whatever I want, and I don't get canceled. Nothing happens to me. Right. The bad side of that is, yeah, I don't make I don't make money from this thing, but I get to express myself usually, except when you know my co-host doesn't want me. You know what What's I mean? That? But then I quit. Right. Or I quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then so, you come back to your uh, own show. Yeah. So the you know I guess what I'm saying is that we you know the opposite of all that you know all those rewards from being popular are freedom. On the other side, you mm-hmm. get freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I feel like we have that. I do. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. All right. All right, Madge. I'll let you get back to uh, beige and beijing wow. the world. Oof. In Beijing. Yeah. The the uh, the app or whatever it is in Holland, it's not a it's not like a ticketing system, is it? Because I had a friend talking to me about a ticketing system company. No, it's no. just a garbage dump. Oh, I'll, we like garbage dumps in the yeah. Netherlands. Don't you can Google it. No, wait, that's not the whole thing. All right, I'll check it out. You see what I'm typing? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. That's the It's just, ah. it's like a word salad. It's the, it's the app equivalent of a word salad. <laughs> okay, all right. Maybe, yeah. I'll work for them. They probably wouldn't even notice you're not doing anything. <laughs> Another <laughs> awesome startup. In a the, podcast, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they have one, right? Right. Madge, thanks for being on the program. Thanks uh, for having made. And thanks for continuing on. Uh, even if it's not in the form of Eat This Hot Show, but in the form of East Radio, because many of us, uh, you know, East Radio is a big part of our lives. You're a part of our lives. Same to you. Keep it, keep on keeping on. I shall. I shall. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Squish sound. So that was Madge Weinstein, yeastradio.com. Uh, you can also find her on Twitter. And, you know, it, see, it occurs to me that last program, this program with Bilal, now with Madge, we seem to talk a lot about, or I seem to, we seem to, my friends and I seem to, talk a lot about what you can and can't talk about. I don't know. Like Maybe it's just related to what's going on in our world or something, something. But anyway, it's a podcast, and I feel like this is the place where we can be free to, if we want to talk about one subject multiple weeks in a row with different people we can do that and considering that life during covid is part of the theme here and i'm so thankful that you guys have been keeping tuned and subscribed with the podcasts um maybe this is one of those subjects that has gone hand in hand with life during covid uh what you can talk about what we need to sort of evolve as humans in terms of understanding who we are, our past, our present, maybe our future. So I just chalk it up to a sign of the times. And uh, our next program, we might be able to do something different. But as always, it's my podcast. And I enjoy the right to take it wherever it may go. And as you know, sometimes the wind blows in certain directions. And well, there I am. Anyway, I'm so glad to have you along for the ride. Thanks for all the listeners, the feedback, the donations. Yes, there are people who, through PayPal, uh, have sent donations. I do appreciate it. The links are on the website, citizenreporter.org. But regardless, you know, it's uh, whatever, however you want to show your presence and your appreciation. uh, That that, uh, matters to me, or at least it makes me feel uh, like I'm connecting. I like that. All right, until next time, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. Take care. See ya. See ya.
was reading an article about a couple weeks ago about the salmon. Apparently, all fish, if you think it's fresh when you go to the Whole Foods, it's shipped frozen. And if only if you live in the elite cities of East or West, you're getting the real thing. So Reagan's getting the real thing, and we're just getting frozen. Up, your, are, are up you? yours. Why do you have to bring me down? You eat garbage right. from boxes. What is- Downer, I mean, Debbie I, Downer. I yeah. eat, no, and I don't think there's anything wrong, don't wrong you eat with those frozen. British petroleum, f- like oil fish from the <laughs> Gulf of Mexico. Is that what Listen, you would die on?